With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. On a Saturday! It's all even with your boy, Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you find your podcasts available. What a great Saturday it is. Lots to get into. It's a new year. Everybody's burning their sage. They're going to church. They're, you know, wishing for great things for the 2021. There's nothing wrong with that. Whatever works for you, do it. But make sure you put the work in so you can get exactly where you want to go. But like I said, last to get into, NFL, the Jets, we're going to talk about an alternate reality that may keep Adam Gase around and it probably won't be so bad. We're also going to talk about Giants, Washington football team, Dallas Cowboys. Who wins the division? What's going to happen in week 17? Raheem Morris is getting interviewed for the Atlanta Falcons job. I'm going to talk about what I feel about that as well. Phone to friend is back. We have a great guest on the show today, Gabby Rosenthal from the Kicks and Shit Show. And last but not least, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. NFL Week 17 is upon us. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. We have divisions on the line. We have coaches getting fired. And on the eve of possibly Adam Gase getting his walking papers, being sent home from the Jets after two failed seasons, let's look at this from a different perspective, a different reality. What if the Jets retain Adam Gase? What if they say to themselves, Adam Gase has not been given the weapons that we should have given him to be able to be super successful. We feel we should run it back with Adam Gase. So what do they do? Joe Douglas says, we're going to go ahead and we're going to trade this number two draft pick. We're going to trade down, trade back, get a whole bunch of assets, and they draft well. The Jets have the best draft they've ever had, ever had. This is the historic moment in Jets history that they end up blowing the doors off of the draft and they have all of these guys looking like they're going to pan out. At that point, they retain Sam Darnold. They go ahead and they enter free agency and they pick up a whole bunch of great players. They pick up some defensive backs. They pick up maybe a defensive end. Maybe they pick up a couple more offensive linemen. Maybe get a receiver. And the 2021 season starts and the Jets are just beating everybody up. The Jets are now 8-0 or 7-1. Everybody in New York is talking about the Jets, how successful they are, how everybody's proud of the Jets, and they possibly may be one of the best teams in the AFC, if not one of the best teams in the NFL. Sam Darnold is having a comeback player of the year type of year. The rookies are panning out. They have some great receivers. The free agents that they brought in have really added some toughness to this team. The Jets are looking like a world beater. They're looking like a great team, a force to be reckoned with. Would Jets fans be happy that Adam Gase is still the head coach? Or would Jet fans feel the same way that they're feeling right now, that Adam Gase needs to get fired? See, the reason why I bring this up is because winning can kind of change people's minds sometimes sometimes winning can just be all right you know we're doing everything's doing great we don't, we don't want to touch anything right now 
while some people are like, no, I still, I still hate the coach. I still don't like where this team is going in regards to their front office. I want it to be changed. So I asked the question, if Adam Gase was still the same jerk that he was, pulling people's press credentials, releasing this player because he didn't like the way the, the player didn't come to him first to speak about certain issues, about his role or whatnot, if Adam Gase was still the same boring interview in the press, would everybody care if the Jets were winning? Would anybody care if Sam Darnold was producing? Would anybody care if Woody Johnson and Chris Johnson were still the owners of this team? Just like how we can say as fans, oh, well, Sam Darnold just needs a chance. He needs some weapons. He needs, you know, a good quarterback's coach to be able to develop him. He needs everything to be right. He needs a great offensive line. Maybe Adam Gase needs the same thing. Maybe Adam Gase needs the same type of security blanket that Sam Darnold needs. Remember, we're still living in this alternate universe, this alternate reality. But what if they keep him? What if? I had a friend tell me the other day we were on the phone, if Adam Gase comes back, I swear I'm going to take the year off until they hire somebody else, then I'll come back. He's that fed up with Adam Gase. He's that fed up with the organization. He's fed up with how things are looking. And I can't blame him. Most Jets fans feel that way. They're very, very annoyed with this regime. They're very annoyed with Adam Gase because he's not a personable coach. He doesn't look like someone who knows what he's doing. Compare that to Todd Bowles. A lot of people had problems with Todd Bowles too, but at least Todd Bowles didn't come off as so standoffish as Adam Gase has. So people kind of tolerated Bowles a little more than they tolerate Gase. But what if they decide to keep him and everything works out? Jet fans are going to cheer. They're going to be happy. Everybody's going to be so excited to see what happens to this team for the remainder of the season. Are they going to be able to get to a Super Bowl? Can they get to an AFC title game? Can they win the division? All of these things is, you know, what, what to expect. Oh, my goodness, this is so exciting. But Adam Gase is your head coach. So the same fans that wanted him gone, now things are different because they're winning you now love Adam Gase? Sometimes a coach needs things to be just as good as a quarterback needs it. Because do you think that the Patriots kind of regret not giving Pete Carroll an additional look? Now the fact that Pete Carroll has turned into a Hall of Fame coach? Do you think that the Cleveland Browns regret not retaining Bill Belichick after what he's created with the Patriots? Like You can go down the list. Sometimes coaches are not given enough time to actually figure it out and have the pieces in place and be able to establish their culture. Sometimes they need things to be perfect for them too. So it's just something to think about that as much as Jet fans hate Adam Gase, as much as Jet fans hated all other coaches that came in here and failed miserably, sometimes you got to look within and say, did we actually give that coach enough to look competent did we give him enough to have a chance to be a great head coach was he in a good comfortable situation was he given all the things that he needed to be able to showcase his skills as a motivator as a head coach as an x and o's guy as an offensive guru whatever you want to call it defensive mind was he given enough we do it to players. Oh, man, you know, if this running back had a great offensive line, he'd be a better running back. Man, if this wide receiver had a better quarterback to be able to get him the football, he would put up bigger numbers. Man, if this quarterback had a great line and a good running back, he would have so much more time to be able to throw the ball downfield and go through his progressions and, and actually look like a good quarterback like I know he is. Same things can be said for coaches. So it's just food for thought, Jets fans. Sometimes, just sometimes, coaches need that too. Because look at it like this. If Adam Gates were to go somewhere else and be the next best head coach, 
Jet fans are going to be like, yo, why he couldn't do that here? Why he couldn't do that here? Well, maybe he got what he needed in that organization. Maybe they gave him exactly what he needs to be successful. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Coming up after the break, who wins the NFC least? Is it the Cowboys? Is it the Washington football team? Is it the New York Giants? On a Saturday, it's all even. I've had so many people tell me that Anchor is great. Anchor is this. Anchor is that. But I have to tell you, man, those people were right. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Why wait? Get at it now. Welcome back, y'all. NFC Least. Week 17. Everything is on the line. We got three teams still in it to win the division. Isn't that crazy? 2020 has been a horrible year. Awful year. And this division has been a microcosm of 2020. The Washington football team, the New York Giants, and the Dallas Cowboys all have chances to win the NFC East this Sunday. The report just came out that Alex Smith will be ready to go. They were giving Tyler Henneke all the first-team snaps, but Alex Smith seems ready to go, which does not bode well for the Dallas Cowboys. Alex Smith has been pretty, pretty good this season when he's been a starter. Now, how do I think that that particular game is going to go? Well, the fan in me hopes that the Eagles beat the hell out of the football team. That's what I hope happens. But what is the reality? Jalen Hurts is coming off a pedestrian game against the Cowboys. He's not accurate. He definitely can move out of the pocket. But with that football team's ability to rush the passer and put pressure, what is going to happen to Jalen Hurts in that game? Is he going to be comfortable enough to be able to throw the ball downfield and make plays? Is he going to be comfortable enough to be able to flush out of the pocket to see what else he can do, either on a check down or downfield or with his legs? Is he going to have that time to be able to make those decisions? I don't know. I don't think so. And can this defense for the Eagles contain that Washington football team offense? Ron Rivera has done a phenomenal job with this unit. This mash unit that he's inherited has some really, really good dynamic young players. Terry McLaurin, Gibson, the running back, phenomenal. Chase Young, defensive end. They have pieces here. So they're not so bad. And Ron Rivera has done a fantastic job, as I said. For the Eagles... Many Eagles fans want Peterson gone. Many Eagles fans want this roster to be torn down. They want it to be burned. They want it to be disintegrated. They want to just be rid of it. They want to get rid of Carson Wentz. Some want to keep Wentz. So there's a lot of indecision. There's a lot of big decisions that need to happen with this organization from top to bottom. Now, do they have enough to be able to play spoiler here? Do they want to play spoiler? In any situation, that answer should be yes. As a division rival, you should always want to play spoiler. And that segues us into the next game. The Dallas Cowboys against the New York Giants. This is history on the line. These are two teams that have storied franchises. Two teams that hate each other's guts. Which makes this game all the better. Because if the Giants win and the football team loses... The Giants make the playoffs. If the Cowboys win and the Washington football team loses, the Cowboys are division champs. This is actually a very interesting week 17. 
we never would have thought that this would be the scenario given how the year went for all of these teams in this division. But man, what a finish. What a finish that we'll possibly get on Sunday. We may get two really, really good football games within this division. That's been terrible all season long. This weekend may end up really giving fans hope for the future. Whether the Giants come out and play well, win the division, or if they lose but they still play well, you can say, man, we have a lot to look forward to. Maybe we give Danny Dimes another shot. Maybe we draft another quarterback. But we are heading in the right direction. Joe Judge looks like he's actually a, a decent coach. For the Eagles, they're saying, okay, well, Jalen Hurts may be our future. Or maybe they say, maybe we run it back with Carson Wentz and keep Jalen Hurts in the tuck in case, you know, we decide to part ways down the line somewhere. For the Washington football team, sky's the limit. They're looking for a quarterback. Maybe they find their franchise quarterback in this draft. Maybe they end up getting a whole bunch of other pieces and putting this team together and really being a force in the NFC East next year. For the Cowboys, same thing. Maybe they find their quarterback of the future. Maybe they find their next great defensive player or offensive tackle. Who knows? Who knows? But what I do know is that this weekend is going to be special. For a division that's given us nothing but pain all season long, tomorrow will be the reward. Because at this point, as a Cowboys fan, I can't think about tanking anymore. Tanking does nothing. Losing this game does nothing. You're here now, you have to win. All year long, you've been the underdogs. You've been, uh, you know, the, the Cowboys don't have a chance to win. They don't have a chance to win. Now you are the favorites to win this game and win this division. It's time to do so. It's time to do so. So I got the Cowboys winning. There, I said it. Moving on, the Atlanta Falcons interviewed interim head coach Raheem Morris for the permanent head coaching position yesterday, and I think it's a, it's a great move. Raheem Morris never got a fair shake when he got the job in Arizona. Everything just went wrong. He didn't have any talent. The Josh Rosen thing was a disaster, and he took the fall for that in the first year. It's not fair to him. Now he's in another situation where there's a little bit more stability at the quarterback position. There are some roster concerns or there might be some roster turnover. Julio Jones may be on the way out. The defense is young, but they do have some talent. A.J. Terrell is a decent corner, and I think that Raheem Morris deserves a chance to coach this football team. I think that he has all the potential in the world to be the next good coach in this league. He's tough. He's no nonsense. He holds his players accountable. That is the main thing for a coach. When I look at a coach and see how he's progressing and what he's doing, sometimes it's not about the wins and losses. It's about how you hold your players accountable for their mistakes, for their behavior, for being a professional on the football field. And since he's taken over this team, you've seen an aggression. They've, they've played with some confidence. They've played with some camaraderie they've played with accountability that's what you want to see out of a head coach and I was on IG yesterday and somebody said to me that Raheem Morris is going to be the next Mike Tomlin and I was like yeah it's possible you know we'll see what happens and the guy was like no no I'm telling you he's going to be the next Mike Tomlin and honestly I see it I can see where that guy was coming from they have the same type of demeanor they are well-respected, and if given a real legit chance, they will show you how good they are. Mike Tomlin has done a great job with this team this year. When you give him time, when you don't say, oh, well, your job is on the line, and this is, you can see what he can do. He's been a great coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Raheem Morris can have the same type of impact with the Atlanta Falcons. Coming up after the break, my interview with Gabby Rosenthal on a Saturday. It's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money. 
representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire. Fire. All Even. We here. Let's go. Welcome back, y'all. So it's that time of the show where we phone a friend. Call him up. 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 Competing for a reason, trying to stay undefeated. Yeah. Call him up. 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 Game of the season. Don't lie. We're all leaving. Yeah. She's the co-host of Kicks and Shit on YouTube. And she has a lot of other stuff going on as well. She loves sneakers. She loves sports. She loves the Knicks. I'd like to introduce to the All Leaving Podcast, Gabby Rosenthal. Welcome to the show. What's up? Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into your love for sneakers. Like, where did that come from and how did that start? Well, I mean, I've always been a basketball fan. I am convinced that my dad wanted a boy and then out came me. It's so funny because I have a younger brother who knows nothing about sports. Love my brother. Sorry, Ben, putting you on blast. But uh, yeah, that's just always been the kind of dynamic. And um, I've been into sneakers and sports where I was an Adidas girl growing up. Um, and then, yeah, I, I'm a tall girl too. So like, if I don't have to rock heels, cool, but I've just always been into the culture, and ever since I had a pair of the Nike Zoom Flight 95s, the, you know, my man's Jason Kidd rocked those back in the day, I was like, this is what I need. I used to wear basketball sneakers on the tennis court um, because they have a similar sole, so from a functionality standpoint, I could always get away with it because they're both court sports, so growing up playing basketball and tennis, that was where... The love started, but I think I got a pair of the Nike Sky High Dunks after college. They were like at Bergdorf Goodman. They were these fancy collection, like limited edition. I like got a pair through a connect through Instagram and I was hooked. And I'm like, I can't go back to normal life anymore. It's it's a beautiful addiction, the sneaker culture, but I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. That's awesome. It's the same thing with me. Like I'm not I'm not really crazy into in this into the sneaker game like that. Like I I love Jordans. Like I've always I've always loved Jordans. So like I, you know I always had the philosophy of rock one, stock one. So you know I got a pair of Carmines that I haven't touched in years, and they're still there. They haven't oxidized, so they're still looking pretty good. You know what I mean? Like I have I have about six or seven pairs of Jordans that I haven't touched yet. So. You know, I'm 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 a little yeah, I'm a little I'm a little into the sneaker game because I grew up in the culture, but you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of I, I kind of fell off a little bit too. That's okay though. I mean, I'm very much in the wear your kicks camp, so I never was in a position where I could af either afford or knew to rock one, stock one when I started getting into things. So like, my sneakers are all livestock for the most part. If I yeah. haven't worn it yet, it's only because I have enough pairs in my rotation now that that's why. But I think I need to start doing that and getting more on your level, though. But what's your favorite pair of J's? I have to ask. My favorite, my favorite pair of J's is actually the 11s. Like I love the, I love the Concords for for whatever reason. I just it doesn't matter. You know when they come out, I have to have one. I don't care how bad they look when they get all dirty because you know when Concords get messed up, that's it. Like there's nothing much you can really do with them. So you gotta buy a new pair. I will continue to buy new pairs. The Concords are a classic, and I, it's funny that you say that about if something happens to them because – so I'm a clumsy girl a little bit, and, you know, if something crazy is going to happen, it's probably going to happen to your girl over here. And I had just <laughs> taken my Concords out of the box. I'm, like, pulling up to the garden. We, we have a nice parking lot that we can use. I don't have to go that far. So I have my big bag, my right. uniform, walking into the garden, and I hit a patch of black ice that I don't see. Oh, and I'm, I'm talking, like – Mario Kart banana peel style fall, like in slow motion, feet go over my head and I'm like laying there seeing stars. And I, all my first thought is, did I fuck up my sneakers? Are they okay? Are we good? And there's still like a little bit that I can't quite get off because, you know, that that white is so crisp. Yes. But, you know, I'm like, if they do come out again, that's exactly what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to buy a pair to stock so that when my beaters that I fell <laughs> – Outside of Madison Square Garden, in oh, are finally goodness. showing their wear. You know, it's it's just a battle scar. But I, I know what you mean. I like yeah. a pair of fresh kicks to keep them looking fresh too. 
Definitely, definitely, definitely. Now, what else do you have going on? So I, I try to keep it busy over here. You know, I work in, in PR and marketing and influencer. Uh, I worked on a campaign with eBay and Anthony Davis for a big sneaker drop at the end of the year, which was really fun. Awesome. Um, everything has been kind of flipped upside down with this pandemic, I know, for a lot of us. So yeah. my typical six nights a week at one of the arenas or one of the fields with one of the New York sports teams that I am fortunate enough to work with, that kind of all went to a halt come September or I mean, come last March. And so yeah. I've had to be really creative with my time and freelancing and, you know, that's where we started kicks and shit. Gerard and I met all-star weekend last year in Chicago and we were like, there's a vibe here. We need to do something. Let's, let's kind of shake things up. And having the free time that we had during this pandemic was a really beautiful thing, I think, for a lot of creatives. So um, to have that time and opportunity to really kind of develop this show and figure out who we are and what we want to stand for and talk about has been really cool. So that's been taking up a lot of my time. But, yeah, I mean, I'm always trying to stay busy over here. Yeah, that's great, man. Like, listen, I love the show. You guys have a great chemistry. You're very funny. So, you know, I definitely I definitely always tap in with that show, man. I really do. It's really, really good. All right, so now you you told me that you're you're a Giants fan, you know. <laughs> I I I would have I would have I would have thought that you would be, you know, maybe a, maybe a Jets fan, maybe something else, maybe you would have picked another team like the Chiefs, but you're a Giants fan. So, you know, talk talk about that a little bit. I mean, I love me I love me some Travis Kelsey, especially his sneaker game is on point, but you know, I got to be loyal to my Giants. <laughs> I grew up playing yeah. Giants games as a kid and it's funny because people always ask me about the Giants versus the Jets rivalry. I think it's a made-up rivalry. It's like how I am convinced that the Patriots are rivals of the Giants. Even though the Giants are 2-0 and in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and we're not even the same division, but because of that rivalry with the Manning-Brady era, to me there's a rivalry, but like to the average football fan, not so much. But right. at the end of the day, I want to support New York. If my team isn't in it, like, I, I don't have anything bad to say about my city. So, I, for some reason, if the Giants aren't in it, then I'll pull for the Jets. You know, that's just, like, how it's going to be. I don't want to see anything bad happen to them. And, honestly, the Jets, it's an amazing organization. The first sports team that ever gave me a chance to work behind the scenes and in-game presentations. So I'm forever grateful to the Jets, but I'm a loyal Giants fan. That's great. That is – that is. Well, listen, and they have a chance to possibly win the division this Sunday. So – you know, if things break in their in their direction, they may be NFC East champs. Which is so no wild matter. to me. It is Which is very crazy, yeah. Absolutely wild. I just it, it's a weird time, and I think the fact that the Giants have a chance to be division champions in the weirdest season yet, and probably the worst division that the NFL has ever experienced. You know, it's an honor to be yet. nominated and I'll take it. I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> It, whatever it takes. If you we get that playoff spot, I mean, the Giants, the one thing that I love about being a Giants fan is that they are never short of surprises, right? Like, the the last time we won the Super Bowl, we, we didn't have some amazing records starting off, but we hit our stride at the right time. And if you hit your stride at the right time, you have one shot, one opportunity to win a game. It's not like you have a series. Anything can happen, and that's what's magical about football and about the New York football Giants to me. No, you're 100 percent right because, like you said, the last Super Bowl that they had, I think they were nine and seven that year and just rode the wave back to the Super Bowl. So, you know, it, the the thing with football is about if you're playing good at the right time and you can ride that wave. So they've been playing pretty decent football, and if they can possibly sneak in and win a game, and then now they're starting to believe in themselves, anything can happen in football. It's one and done. So. You know, if you if you bring your A game one one Sunday and the other team doesn't, you may be able to advance. So that that's the beauty about football. I completely agree, and I think the la when the Giants made that run for the Super Bowl, the Giants played the Cowboys. It was like I think it was a New Year's Day game. Uh, I was at that game, and it was like you win and you're in for either team. So I'm getting a little bit of that nostalgia coming up for tomorrow's game because it's Giants Cowboys because right. we have the. I mean, it's not supposed to be crazy freezing, but, like, we're outside. Cowboys, like, yeah. not in Texas anymore. And those are the games, to me, that are the most magical. When it's Giants-Cowboys, that's the team in our division, too, that we seem to have the most energy against. There's something about the Eagles that I don't know what it is that we just fall flat. No matter how good we are, no matter how bad they are, vice versa. I mean, that first Giants-Eagles game earlier this season – 
I watched up until the last two minutes and I was like, you know what, I'm going to step away from the TV for a second and I'm going to come back. And then I'm like, wait, how did we lose that game in the last two minutes? It was, it was crazy, but I'm hoping because it's the Cowboys, because there's a lot riding on this game that we're going to show up and deliver. Oh, absolutely. Cause you know, that, that Giants Cowboys rivalry is real. It's, it's, you know, Giants fans hate the Eagles, but they really hate the Cowboys. And it's vice versa. You know, Cowboys fans hate Giants fans. So, like, you know, it's it's always a great game because the the atmosphere just gets elevated that much more because of, you know, because it's, it's these two teams. So I'm definitely looking forward to see exactly what happens. You know, if the Giants can be able to pull it out, if the Cowboys can continue to win, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan. You may need to tell me I'm that. Gonna, okay, I see. You're just going to, like, let me talk that to, talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I heard you. I had to slide that in there. I had to slide it in there because I, I don't want to I don't want to come off as, as if, you know, I'm trying to root for this team right now. I'm trying to be fair. I'm trying to be objective right down the middle. So. Thank you. All right. It's so funny, too, because right before that, I was going to be like, you know why Giants fans and Cowboys fans don't get along? Because – it's the New York, New Jersey Cowboys fan, right? It's very different yeah. than the Dallas Cowboys fan, like it's geographically. I, I've been to games at Dallas before. Great stadium. It kind of feels like Times Square, but I, you know, I can't knock Jerry Jones for all that he's doing down there. It's an experience when you go to the games there. But the personality of the fan is so different up here because a lot of the New York, New Jersey Giants fans, we grew up with, like, the Troy Aikman era, you know, the Deion yes. Sanders, Emmett Smith. Like, they were heroes when we were kids, you know? Like, yeah. Little Giants was one of my favorite movies growing up. But, you know, I'm Team Icebox for life. So, I think <laughs> because of that, it's like you get a different breed of fan because they have the, nost the nostalgia. They're holding on to that 90s era football team that was godlike. And to not have that really since then, respectfully... It's just there's a lot of animosity, especially against the Giants in that vein. No, you're 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 a hundred percent right. That's exactly like you. The way you explained it is basically how all Cowboys fans feel. It's it's this envious. We want to get back to the '90s feel. Like you know, we see the Giants fans. You know, we see the Giants organization. Obviously, look, you guys won the two Super Bowls, but haven't really had much success in between those Super Bowls. So. You know, we we want to we want to yeah, we want to know what that feels like again to be able to win some Super Bowls. Like who cares if we end up having 10 losing seasons in a row? If we can have that one Super Bowl, I think we'll be fine for the next 10 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that that's how Cowboys fans feel. That's why they're always like, "Okay, well we're going to be good next year. We're going to be good next year." It's always next year because they just want to they want to give themselves some confidence going into the next year that maybe it can be like 96 again. You know what I mean? So No, definitely. It's, it's really and I respect weird. that. I mean, I went to the, the game where uh, Odell had the catch, right? That was Giants-Cowboys yeah. game. And yes, let me tell you, people don't talk about how the Giants did not win that game. Only the catch. Only the catch. And I'm like, we played like trash the rest of the game. The catch was unbelievable. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I was there to see it live and in person, and I think I had to like – roll my jaw off the floor it was beautiful <laughs> but we went home sad like right. that, it's just like that unspoken narrative between giants and cowboys fans in new york i mean that's what keeps me coming back though you know what i mean like i'll talk my i'll talk my smack all day i'm here for it yeah yeah definitely so you are a big new york knicks fan we have you know a a uh, you know, the start of the season is here and the Knicks are two and three at this point. There's a lot of different storylines going around. Obviously, Brooklyn is taking all the headlines, but the Knicks right now, they don't look too bad. They actually are playing good basketball. I think they're ninth in like uh, defensive efficiency right now in the league. So they're looking they're looking pretty good. Julius Randle is not turning the ball over like a like a madman anymore. So, you know, what are your thoughts about the Knicks right now? I have so many thoughts. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, I, I love the Knicks. The Knicks were my first love. Like, don't tell my college boyfriend that. He'll probably be upset. But the Knicks, I just, it, it's it's a roller coaster. I'm here for it. There's nothing like seeing games at the Garden. The energy, even if the Knicks are the worst team in the league and they go on a run or they have a big play against a big star, there is nothing like Madison Square Garden and the energy of the Knicks. And it's, it's hard yes. for me as a Knicks fan seeing all the chatter about Brooklyn. I mean, we knew this was going to happen. I also grew up going to Nets games being from Jersey. So the Brooklyn Nets are not the Nets that I grew up with. So it's hard right. when people talk about how that's New York's team. The, no matter who they have on the team, 
you know, and I wish them nothing but luck and a, a good season. I love my friends who work for the Nets. You know, very talented, great people. They're never going to be New York's team. I'm sorry. Uh, the Knicks are New York's team, and that's why there's always so much conversation about it. I feel like the media is waiting to pounce on anything good and bad that comes our way with the Knicks. But I agree with you. I think the Knicks with Obi Toppin did some really good staffing up. I think the the front office and the coaching staff changes were really great. You can already see the structure that Tibbs has brought to the team. Um, yes. And I, I think, like, we've had a young team for a while. We've been in a quote-unquote rebuilding year for a while with the Knicks. But – this year feels different. It feels cohesive. It feels like a team. You can tell that we put in the work in the offseason. And I think, like, our goals aren't so lofty this year. Our goals are for the long game. Let's get in the playoffs. Let's get an eighth seed. Let's just be there. It's an honor to be nominated. Let's get through it. Then let's do it again the next year. And maybe the year yeah. after that. And then now we can show we are a consistent playoff team. We're not a team that's winning the championship, but we are consistently there. And then we can use that as a tool to leverage and recruit some of the bigger names that may have passed over the Knicks in the past. Gabby, what I need you to do is I need you to, like, bottle that up, what you just said. And I need to take that to all my other friends that are Knicks fans that are just, like, they're on the opposite spectrum of that. Because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but Knicks fans tend to have this delusion of grandeur, right? Where it's like... It's New York. Everybody wants to come here. You know, it's the Mecca. But realistically, there's a lot of these NBA players that have grown up that they don't remember what the special Madison Square Garden feels like. Like They don't remember the Patrick Ewing Knicks. They don't remember, you know, all of the, the great history of this organization. They just remember all of the bad stuff that has happened. So, you know, I always tell them, like, listen. Let the Knicks just rebuild. Like, let them focus on player development, getting the right people in here, and changing the dynamic, changing the perception of the organization. And then once you do that, then you'll be able to see things start to change. But to think that off the back, just because it's New York, that people want to come here, that's not the case. Because we saw what happened last offseason or a couple offseasons ago with Durant and, Kate, uh, and Kyrie. You know, they decided to... Instead of going to the Knicks, they decided to go to Brooklyn. So because of, you know, we don't want that, either we don't want that pressure of the Knicks or we just don't believe that the front office is stable as how it is in Brooklyn right now. So that's that's what needs to happen. That's what needs to change. I, I Like I said, I like, I agree with you. Obi Toppin was a good pick. They have structure now. Tom, Th Tom Thibodeau's coaching staff is really, really good. They have some player development guys there. Uh, Leon Rose and World Wide West, they're doing what they have to do to kind of like change the, the dynamic and the image. So they're they're heading in the right direction. What are your thoughts about R.J. Barrett? Like a lot of people are very like up and down about R.J. Some people really love him. They love his upside. While some people think that he'll never be anything more than just, you know, a, a very good role player on a on a team. I like RJ. I mean, I think the fact that he wants to be in New York, to me, already makes me like him even more because that's half yeah. of it, right? New York is the biggest stage, and, you know, those who know me know that I have very polarizing feelings about LeBron. There's a reason that LeBron never tried to make a play in New York, and I think right. there's a lot that happened behind the scenes that I don't know about that I'm sure impacted that decision, but it's the pressure right. of playing on that stage. It, it, there's something different about the Lakers stage that you don't get the same pressure that you do in the Knicks. All eyes are on the Knicks all the time. And I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. Like, we're the Space Jam generation, right? So we know the magic right. of the Garden because that's what we grew up with. And exactly. we know how New York can be the biggest recruiting tool with with John Starks, with Allen Houston, with Spreewell. Like, that was the heyday of the Knicks, and it was a beautiful thing to watch. I mean, we never had a championship, but that was the closest we've come since then. And I think, like, we've had some moments – over the years since then, but like even with Mello, like when we traded for Mello, Mello was a great player, had great stats, but the Mello now is different than the Mello that we got, who wanted to be the yes. star of the show, and that was the problem. Like we traded half the team over to Denver. Denver was great. I don't know if like Nick's West was crushing it, you know, when we made that yeah. trade. And then the clash between Amari and Mello from a leadership perspective. It just never really worked. And I think since then, we've had a lot of trouble finding our identity again as a team. And because of that, because we're, we've already set the tone of being one of the world's largest 
stages for basketball, the world's most famous arena, right? And like the world's yeah. greatest city, that extra pressure on all of those eyes kind of had us falter. So seeing the changes this year from staffing, from everything shows that we take it seriously. We know that we need to make changes. And yeah, I mean, I could be here being lofty, being like, we're going to go all the way, but like, that's unrealistic. And you know, I'm a pretty stable person emotionally. We have to deal with enough being Knicks fans, you know? So I'm going to take it one day at a time. I think I'm hopeful and excited of the changes that are happening. And I think RJ Barrett fits into that, right? Any other year, he could have been the number one draft pick. And I think yeah. even if he ends up being a solid role player, we still need that piece as our team. So yeah, not exactly. everyone's going to come out being rookie of the year and or, or being like a Luca or a Tyler Hero, you know, in their first year. That's just not feasible. I mean, and we had that with KP when we got a, got KP on, on our team. And, you know, he was hurt a lot. So you, I think for him to be healthy, for him to stay productive, continue to grow, that's all that I can ask for for RJ right now. And... I want to see big things from him, and I think he's a great, solid player. We just need to see more consistency, not just with him, but across the board. I think that's the piece that we're still working to find. That's well said. Well said, Gabby. Uh, Now, what do you think about the Carmelo Anthony era? Do you think that he should get his jersey retired with the Knicks? I'm I'm sure my silence is deafening right now. Um, I go back and (laughs) forth on this a lot. Like I have nothing but respect for Melo. But I just, yeah. I think that the way we handled Mello and didn't have the right pieces around him, I think we could have done more with the talent that he is and the player that he is now. Like, I love me some hoodie Mello. Mello in Portland, it was like the resurgence. I was here for all of it. Yeah. So um, I go back and forth. I mean, I, I do think like he was, he gave New York so much and I have nothing but respect for that. So I think if we do retire his jersey, I get it. I'm here to support it. Good, good, good. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I think I think when you compare Carmelo Anthony's career with the Knicks, you really can compare it with Bernard King. And yeah. it's so funny because Bernard King was his favorite player growing up. So, you know, art imitates life sometimes. Sometimes things come full circle, you know what I mean? And, you know, Bernard King didn't have great teams on the Knicks, but he played his heart out and he ended up being a, a, a Nick legend. So I, I feel that you know, when time passes, as more time passes, Carmelo Anthony will retire. People will look a little little more nicer on his error with the Knicks. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, you know, when he came here, there was such enthusiasm. There was such excitement. But realistically, what they gave up, you know, as you said eloquently, that they gave up too much. They didn't have to give up so much, but they were so excited to get him that they, they just put – put everything in that basket and you know hindsight 2020 I think if they had that to do again they would say to Melo listen you can be able to come here in free agency we don't have to give up anything we can be able to just sign you and you can be able to now put this team together with these young guys what a young Danilo Gallinari what all you know with Wilson Chandler and all these guys we can be able to make a run absolutely yeah Raymond Felton so you know Every everything just needs to kind of like get some air, get some space. And as time goes along, I think everybody's going to kind of, you know, soften on that stance. Maybe even you. <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree with that. And I think that the Knicks really have in this season have shown that they've learned from that, that, yeah. you know, we don't need to be hasty and trigger happy to get these decisions. If we take the time to really be thoughtful we can still get the same results. It's just going to take a little longer, but that's just how it is, and that's how it has to be. And I think, like right. I said, you, part of the attractiveness of Melo as a player is that he wanted to be in New York, and he believed yeah. in New York, and he was here for a long time. And I think, for me, that solidifies his spot in Nick's history for that reason alone, and he gave everything for it. Like He could have been like every other player in the NBA, respectfully, and gone to chase championships and rings. But he was like, no, I want to do it in a place that I want to do it. I'm not going to move teams every two years, you know? And, and I think that loyalty yeah. to me is something that I really respect about Melo. Like, even with Portland, he's like, I want to be in Portland again. Like, I, this is where I want to be. I want to grow and build. I don't want to keep jumping around. I don't want to be like, let me be here for a year and then there for a year. Like, a lot of the NBA superstars do today. Like, the Raptors didn't need to shake up their whole lineup like that. They could have made a play no. for another championship. And I think they would have had a good shot at it. And because of that, and they were still solid without their major players, but like 
the Clippers fell flat. We saw that with Kawhi. They're still flat. So I think there's something to be said about Melo's loyalty and the dedication that he has to the organizations that he commits to when they give him the opportunity to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I know it's early in the NBA season, but what are your early season predictions for an NBA finals? Like who gets to the finals and who do you think actually wins the NBA championship? I would love to see Miami go on another run. You know, I was here for that. Like I'm, I'm ready to invest stock in Jimmy Butler's coffee company. I'm here for the Tyler hero show. Like every meme of that face that he makes, I'm here for it all day. And you know, Pat Riley will always have a special place in my heart. You know, he's like the ex that you never fully let go of after he left New York and went to Miami, like still haven't gotten over it, but he's, he's a genius. And you know, the amount of heart and dedication that, Miami had I mean no one really saw them coming I would love to see them do big things this season um I think the Lakers are again going to be another tough team um and I don't know Brooklyn's really going to be one to watch if they can figure out how to be consistent and stay healthy yeah definitely I, I agree with you 100 percent 100 percent well Gabby it's, it's 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 been a pleasure talking to you you know tell everybody where they can find you and what's going on you know down the road Absolutely. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. I mean, we could talk about the Knicks for like three days, honestly. (laughs) I won't do that to you guys, but you can find me at Gabby Rosenthal on Instagram. Check out our show at Kicks and Shit Show on Instagram and on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. Help us grow. Let us know what you want to see. And I don't know, let's say a prayer for the Knicks and for the Giants this this week. (laughs) Yes, we will. Yes, we will, Gabby. All right. Thank you so much for, you know, coming on the show and talking to me today. And uh, I'm sure that we'll speak soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Definitely want to thank Gabby for coming on the show. You know, it was awesome. We had a great time. She definitely loves her Knicks, man. She's very, very passionate about her New York Knicks. So please check out her show, Kicks and Shit on YouTube. It's really, really good. Like, share, and subscribe to that channel as well. Support her YouTube page. Wherever you find her, just support her because she's she's good people. And she's doing a lot of big things. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. On a Saturday. It's all even. This is the God, gents and gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also check us out at CigarGentsAndGals.com where everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado... The greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So we had two candidates on Tuesday, and, man, they're they're strong. They're very strong. Dwayne Haskins, the Clippers, they're always around. But they don't win. No, there was a late challenger that came in last night. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is... Dabo Sweeney, head coach of the Clemson Tigers. Dabo Sweeney is my... Because you guys remember a couple weeks ago, Dabo Sweeney said that Ohio State didn't belong in the top four, didn't belong in the college football playoffs. They should have been 11th. That's how talented they are. That's where they deserve to be. Well, that 11th ranked team just blew the doors off you last night. <laughs> they beat you from pillar to post all night long. If that was a team that was supposed to be ranked 11th in the nation, you would have kicked the hell out of them. But no, they beat the hell out of you. Sometimes, Dabo Sweeney, the universe works in mysterious ways. Sometimes when you say something, it kind of frisbees around and comes back at you. It's called karma. The best pro prospect in college history is Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion. Trevor Lawrence had a good game, but Josh Fields played the game of his life. Why? Because big mouths like you don't know when to shut up. It's one thing to motivate your team. 
It's another thing to give the other team bullets and board material to beat the hell out of you. That's exactly what you gave them. So what are you going to say? You're going to go on a press conference, oh, well, yeah, hats off to Ohio State. No, 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 that's not good enough. What you need to do is apologize to Ohio State. <laughs> you need to say, my bad, my, my bad, y'all. I ain't, I ain't mean to come at y'all like that, man. I, I was just trying to hype my t- You need to apologize. You need to apologize because you're basically that bully that was picking on that little kid all, all year. And that little kid got his little glasses and his pocket protector. But little do you know that that kid takes Muay Thai lessons on the weekends. Little do you know that that kid is a third-degree black belt. So when you try to actually fight that kid, that kid beat the hell out of you. Man, that made my night. What a way to start off 2021 by seeing a big mouth get his ass kicked. I guarantee Dabo Sweeney won't do that again. I guarantee he won't do that again. I'm sure the players are looking at him like, yo, if this dumbass just would have just kept his mouth shut, we probably would have had a chance to win this game. You set your kids up for failure, Dabo. Don't do that to your own children, please. Don't hype up your own children and say, yeah, my son's going to kick your butt. And then your son gets his ass handed to him. Then what you going to say? You're going to have to apologize to your son. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Let your players... Do what they have to do. Let your players speak for themselves. Let their play on the field speak for themselves. You don't have to hype them up. Clemson has been a very good institution over the last few years. And you have been at the front line of that. You are the spearhead of this. But sometimes pride cometh before the fall. And you got to be a little bit more humble, Dabo. All you had to say was, listen, man, you know, Ohio State, you know, we're going to leave it up to the voters. We're going to leave it up to see what they actually decide, but whoever we play, we play. It doesn't really matter. You ain't had to trash them like that because you trashing them like that, they put you in the garbage can. (laughs) Ah, man. So, Dabo Sweeney, you may be the biggest loser on Clemson's campus right now, but you're a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this week. I'll see you guys on Tuesday where we'll have some clarity in who won the NFC least. And a whole bunch of other things as well. So until then, stay safe, stay cool, peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever podcasts are available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.